Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It is Monday, July 19th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News. I'm joined by Amanda Harris, associate editor, and this is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending July 16th, 2021. As always, I want to thank Auto Finance News advertisers, Alpha, Agora Data, DealerTrack, Defy Solutions, and Spirion for their continued support. Some good news this week from Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Co., a chipmaker chip maker for Al Apple and a key partner to many of the world's biggest car makers. The company said that it will ramp up production of microcontrollers by close to 60% this year, which will help to greatly boost supplies for its automobile clients starting in the current third quarter. Sales are expected to increase 20% by the end of the year, but semiconductor supply is still expected to remain tight until at least 2022. On the inflation front, the consumer price index surged in June by the most since 2008, topping all economists' forecasts and rising to 5.4% when compared to the same time last year, according to Labor Department data released this week. Used vehicles, unsurprisingly, accounted for one-third of the gain in the consumer price index last month, the agency said. The outsized increase in the June CPI was also driven in large part by pricing re rebound in categories associated with a broader reopening of the economy, including hotel stays, car rentals, the price of which are astronomical right now, apparel, and airfare. Expectations that those increases will normalize help explain the Federal Reserve view that inflation is transitory. In auto finance, Second quarter earnings season is upon us, and Amanda and I looked into Wells Fargo Auto, Chase Auto, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, and Truist Bank's earnings this week. The upshot? Things are looking pretty optimistic for the industry this quarter. Chase Auto and Wells Fargo Auto, for one, reported positive trends across all metrics, metrics we tracked. Originations and outstandings increased on a year-over-year -year basis for Chase and Wells, which Truth be told, probably wasn't a tall order, considering much of the second quarter of 2020 was marked by dealership closures and shelter-in-place orders. Credit performance, though, has continued to hold strong, largely due to increased consumer liquidity. Delinquencies, delinquencies trended lower at Wells, Chase, PNC Financial, and U.S. Bank, and charge-off rates remained lower on a year-over-year -year basis across the board. Not so surprising, too, was uh, news that banks are increasing their focus on digital channels. Amanda has the breakdown. Yes. Um, so we're already seeing uh, a trend this quarter as well, um, where banks that have been kind of prioritizing their digital capabilities um, really are, you know, just benefiting from that like every, pretty much every quarter, you know, lately. Um, but coming out of the pandemic, we know that there was even more of an emphasis on offering, you know, mobile apps and, you know, the ability to do much of your banking online. I mean, for years it's been going that way, um, but it became crucial during the pandemic. So it's not really that surprising that a year later, they're kind of reaping the benefits of all that investment that they really took the time to do. Um, so for One Bank of America, for example, um, they, they also saw both, you know, just a pretty big uptick in their digital unit sales 
So sales that were done, you know, online, things like that through online applications, they had about 1.1 or 1.4 million, excuse me, uh, of those un like in units um, in the second quarter, which is a 26% increase from where it was the prior year. Um, and it's up 50% um, as well from Q2 of 2019. So even before it's up from pre-pandemic as well. Again, not surprising considering they've been investing toward that and wanting that to be where the majority of their business goes. Um, and the auto side, they also completed 77% of direct vehicle loan sales through digital channels. Now we don't have a comparison number for that. Um, they decided to break that out this time in commentary um, because it seems like that's also been you know, a focus. Um, we know car sales are insane right now. Um, so I'm sure, you know, and, and people had to go online to buy cars recently. I mean, even if you go to lots now, it's hard to find them on the lots. So you're going to turn to online and maybe find one that's, you know, maybe an hour or two from you, but it, they have the car you want. Um, so that's probably driving at least part of that. Um, and then just making it easy for consumers to, you know, get financing online. We know as banks and, and other lenders make that easier, they're going to see more business come that route because, I mean, it takes a lot less time than sitting in an FBI office for hours. So we've been kind of talking about that trend forever. And this is a good example of the benefit of, of kind of investing in that side. Uh, the bank also saw their digital user, users grow, um, their households who, you know, bank with Bank of America, they saw about 70% were digitally active, um, which is an increase of like 200 basis points year over year. So that went up some. Um, and more people are using their digital assistant, which I thought was interesting because um, people don't really like to be on the phone as much now. Uh, so as more lenders offer and like a kind of a smart assistant where you can go and like use a chat, but it's more like a chat that's a little bit smarter, it uses AI, it can answer your questions more specifically instead of just giving you canned responses. Um, so as more, as those pop up more, I think we'll see that trend as well. Um, Truist also, that's about to come out today, so we'll post that soon. Um, but they saw a lot of the same thing. You know, they saw, um, you know, users go up on their, their app. They saw more digital transactions. And they actually have been working on combining their, their uh, BB&T um, clients and um, their, and I'm blanking on the, the second one right now, uh, SunTrust, uh, BB&T and SunTrust, they're going to combine those clients onto one mobile, like digital platform. So they've been working to kind of like bring everybody in after that bank was formed by that merge. So they've been working on that for a while, um, but now it looks like this month they're ready to actually launch it um, with all their clients. So they hope to have at least 500,000 signed up to that new combined digital platform by the end of this month. And then they're going to add them in waves for the rest of the year. Um, so it's kind of their big thing. They've been working on that for, like I said, for a while to bring all their clients onto one platform that's branded Truist and that will get them like up to today's standards of capabilities and all that in that one platform. So yeah, that's kind of what's going on on the digital side. Lots of fun things happening so far. And that's just with two earnings. So who knows what else we're gonna see soon. Right. Next week, yeah. um, you know, another busy schedule of, of earning call, earnings calls. We have Ally Financial, Capital One, Auto Finance, Citizens Bank, and Fifth Third. Um, you know, looking ahead, Amanda, and, and the trends we've been seeing just this week alone, you know, what, what, are, you, what are your expectations for, you know, these, these earnings coming up next week? Similar trends uh, as it relates to, you know, originations, credit performance, digital um, focus? 
Yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely see similars, especially on the originations and outstanding growth. Like you said, we're comparing this to, uh, you know, a time last year when things were like shut down. So obviously everyone's going to be up quite a bit, but I think it's more interesting to look at, you know, where they were even based on this time in 2019. We're seeing a lot of growth based on that comparison too, which is, you can argue is a little bit more fair because we know, like I said, auto sales are still really strong. Now, as we get into the following quarter, so the like second quarter is probably going to be strong because of that. As we get into the following one, I'm looking forward. We know already there's been some slowdown in car sales. Prices are kind of starting, you know, to even out a little bit. Still crazy high. They're going to be high for a while, but they are not going up quite as much each week and each month. Um, so we're kind of getting into that, and we're getting we're starting to see sales dip a little bit because inventory is just so tight. We've, we've covered that before and talked about it before on here, but um, I think that might, we might start seeing an impact um, within the next quarter or two, or at least by the year end, when we can, because I know it's like looking back, but we'll definitely by Q4, I think, see the impacts of the kind of fallback in sales. We may not see these like huge numbers year over year like we have been seeing, but I think we'll still see growth um, because from everyone I talked to, the demand isn't likely to go away the rest of this year. Um, so yeah, that's what I think I'll see on that side. On the digital side, I do think we're going to see more, especially with the banks, um, and credit unions, because they have definitely, uh, put a big emphasis on digital because obviously other than, unlike an OEM, like a digital bank is going to have a lot more reasons for someone to interact with them online because you're doing your actual banking through there, or, you know, you're, may have your mortgage with them too. So you're going to have more than just or car loan, you're going to be interacting with them digitally in a whole different different way um, than like you would with maybe a captive. So I think we'll see that that more too as we see more of the larger banks come out. I'm inclined to agree with you. And you know, one thing to remember is we we were starting to see the effects of pent up demand in the third quarter of last year. Um, so as we kind of, as you mentioned, see kind of this cooling of demand um, that sort of started in June. Um, if that continues through the summer, obviously August is a big month. We'll see if that kind of shakes out to, to continuing to be strong or if, if the inventory challenges will, will really kind of um, cripple auto sales. But I would imagine we would see, you know, going into the third quarter and even the fourth quarter kind of, like you said, um, less year-over-year growth because, because of the changes in demand, um, if it does kind of lean that way. All right. Well, thanks, Amanda, as always. Uh, that about wraps us up for this episode. Uh, thanks for joining us on the roadmap. Um, please rate us on whichever platform you, you use to listen. Uh, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, and we will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.